Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Now, with the government's relentless pursuit of a surplus in this budget, there are real fears that the government may break a highly significant promise to increase Australia's overseas aid to 0.5% of GDP by 2015. That may sound a pretty insignificant figure, but if it's delayed until, say, 2020, it means $3 billion less will go to people in great need overseas over the next four years. 300,000 people, in fact. In the past month, more than 1,000 MICA Challenge supporters have emailed the Prime Minister expressing their concern over this. A delegation of aid agency workers met the new Foreign Affairs Minister, Bob Carr, over this just last week. The Political Engagement Coordinator for MICA Challenge, Ben Thurley, joins us now on Open House. Ben, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in. So we probably should kick off by explaining what MICA Challenge is, what it does, and why the word MICA. Sure. Well, MICA Challenge is a global movement of Christians, individuals, churches, and uh, Christian aid organizations calling on governments around the world. So it's a campaign active in about 65 countries, rich and poor, calling on governments to do their bit to help halve global poverty by 2015. So in Australia, it's a coalition of organizations like uh, World Vision, Compassion Australia, Tear Australia, Baptist World Aid, a whole lot of supporters in churches and individual Christians speaking up to their government, asking us to do our fair share to meet those anti-poverty goals. Why MICA? Yeah, it comes from uh, a very famous verse from the uh, smaller book of Micah, a prophet of the 8th century BC. And um, Micah 6.8 says that what God wants from all people is for them to love mercy, to do justice, and to walk humbly with God. And we think that's a pretty good summary of what life is all about. What a world that would be. Absolutely. Give us a sketch of where this aid funding goes from Australia. What kind of practical help does it provide? Yeah, look, um, the aid budget uh, goes in a lot of different areas, and there are five overarching strategic goals that the government has. The first of those is saving lives, and that's investment primarily in health. Some of that goes directly into programs in partner countries, uh, training, for example, last year, I believe Australia trained around 6,000 maternal health workers, female health workers in Ethiopia. And that's providing access to health care for women in pregnancy and childbirth who previously would have had to go through that whole process um, without potentially without any access to care at all. It educates, we estimate, around 1 million children, gets 1 million children through basic education, primary school, which is really the first step on the ladder of opportunity for most kids uh, and most communities. So estimates are it saves about 500,000 lives uh, and gets about a million children uh, into education. So it has huge uh, impact, but it does other things. It, it helps build and maintain infrastructure, which helps communities become more prosperous. Um, it helps provide support for institution building. So governments that are struggling to maintain security, Australian uh, aid can help in those areas and has done in the past as well. So the goal is by 2015, 0.5% of GDP. Where are we now? Uh, in the last year, we reached 0.35%, which amounts to $0.35 cents in every $100 of our national income. So it's not uh, proportionally compared to how wealthy Australia is. It's not a huge amount of money, but it has an enormous impact. What are the dollar figures? Uh, the dollar the dollar figures um, currently, 
for about four, just over four billion dollars in the aid program, and this year it should increase to just under five billion if the government keeps the commitment. This was a very specific promise. I remember back when Kevin Rudd was even campaigning to become prime minister. From Kevin Rudd, widely and enthusiastically supported by organisations like Tim Costello's World Vision. Mm, absolutely. It, it received huge support from the uh, aid sector. But I think beyond that, it, it um, received huge support from everyday Australians, young people uh, voting for the first time, churchgoers, who saw this as a real uh, moral commitment of the government to do something very significant with the budget. Are you scaremongering? Is there a real chance that they won't get to this? Target? Yeah. Look, I think there is a real chance. We understand uh, that the government has very, very seriously contemplated, obviously trying to find cuts wherever it can to bring the budget into surplus. We we won't know until budget night what the outcome will be for any particular part of the budget, for the aid program specifically. Yes. But we understand that the government was has been very seriously looking into every area and that they were, or and maybe still are, seriously considering whether they should break the commitment to increase aid to 0.5 by 2015. What would it mean if the government did break that commitment? Again, let's get practical about this. Yeah, I mean, the short answer is uh, keeping the commitment would lead to, uh, in full and on time, would lead to about 800,000 lives being saved. So depending on how far they moved away from the commitment, some of those or all of those or many of those 800,000 lives are at risk. We won't, we'll be choosing to save dollars in the budget, but not save lives in the real world. So that's um, what's happening. It's just probably worth pausing for thought and considering the weight of that, actually. Yeah. It's a lot of people. It's, it's, it's a quite lot of mind-boggling, lives. isn't it? And, yeah. and really, it's it's possibly the only budget expenditure that Australia has that has that direct a link to the saving of lives. So, yes, we invest in health in Australia, but our healthcare system, our uh, primary health care, our preventative health um, are so good that those investments don't lead to that dramatic um, an outcome in terms of saving lives yeah. in Australia. So we think it's uh, an investment we should make and... Uh, it's an investment we can afford to make. But you'd acknowledge that there are lots of competing interests for the budget dollar, especially if they're so relentlessly pursuing this surplus. I'll play devil's advocate. Why not education? Why overseas funding? Sure. Uh, and I certainly don't want to argue, actually, uh, for cuts in any particular area. What I would suggest is Australia is actually a wealthy enough nation, and I really celebrate the fact that we're a wealthy enough nation that we can make the critical investments we need in education here at home, in healthcare here at home, uh, in social security here at home, and still have the resources to invest in foreign aid. The foreign aid budget, if they meet the commitment this year, the foreign aid budget would still only be around 1.5% of the federal budget overall. Mm. By 2015, keeping the commitment, it will still be probably just under 2% of the federal budget. So it's a tiny proportion of what we spend overall. We're wealthy enough, we can afford to do it. Uh, it's not The aid budget is not in competition with investments in education and health. I suppose undergirding this is the concept of do to others as you would have them do to you. Yeah, I think that's right. We understand budgets are political documents. Governments use them to roll out the policies that they think are important. Um, Oppositions use them to try to score points. We understand all that happens. But at bottom, budgets are moral documents. They're about what we believe is right, what we think is worth investing in, and we think the government 
having made the promise, having decided it was worth investing in aid up to that level, 0.5 by 2015, we think it's important they keep that commitment and make that moral statement in the budget. How did that meeting I mentioned before with Bob Cargo, the new Foreign Affairs Minister? Uh, I wasn't at the meeting, but having discussed with people who were after it, I think they would characterise it as positive but non-committal. So Bob Carr came out... Why am I so shocked at that? (laughs) I know. I know. Bob uh, Bob Carr, the foreign minister, came out afterwards and said he thought that people would be um, pleased with how supportive the government was of aid in the upcoming budget, but wouldn't comment specifically on what would be or wouldn't be in the budget. And ministers obviously are at that point in in uh, the budget cycle where they don't want to speculate. At least he said the P word, positive. He I did. mean, he doesn't have to say that. No, absolutely. He doesn't have to say that. And I don't want to read into that what may or may not be there. We'll have to wait until Tuesday night to find out. But uh, positive but non-committal is a better outcome than negative but non-committal. So, look, I think that's a good sign. Um Aid agencies obviously would have liked the government to publicly state, we are committed, we intend to keep it. But given that nobody is doing that at this point in time, I guess meeting and discussing our concerns with the foreign minister was a really good step. Ben, we're on the case. Ben Thurley from uh, Micah Challenge. Thank you so much indeed for joining us on Open House. We'll be following it. Thank you. We hope you enjoy this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.